If you would, please grab your Bible there. Let's go to Exodus chapter number 3 together. Exodus chapter number 3. I hate to disappoint y'all. I know we just had a Christmas cantata, but I don't have a Christmas message. So, okay. I'm sorry about that. If you would, please, Exodus chapter number 3. I hope you'll forgive me. <clears throat> Exodus 3 together. Once you find your place, you can go ahead and stand. If you would, please. That'd be great. <clears throat> Before we read, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been asked to do something that you felt kind of like you're unqualified to do? You kind of felt as if you're just not good enough to do it, as if you don't know enough, as if you're not good enough, you just can't do it. And I think all of us have kind of been to that place before. I mean, I'm kind of there right now, going to be honest with you. But uh, I think all of us have been to that place where we felt as if, you know what, I can't. And we've said that, I can't do it. We're there in Exodus chapter 3 together. I want you to look in verse number 1. I'm a fast reader, so if you'll follow along with me, we'll get done very quickly this evening. Verse number 1, the Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. My mind's weird, and sometimes I, when I first read that, I kind of wondered who he said that to. I mean, he's in the desert by himself. I don't know how y'all's mind works. Who'd he say that to? I mean, I trust he said it. Did he say it to one of the sheep, or maybe he said it to himself. I don't know. He's like, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. I'm just, verse 4, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, get his response, here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians." And to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Yes, I practice. Verse 9. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, God says, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, catch this, who am I? Moses felt as if he wasn't enough. Moses responded to God with this question, who am I? And I think many times we ask God the same question when he calls us to do something. That's a reality. The title of my message, and hopefully I get it across simply tonight, and it's very simple, very simple message, identifying yourself as insufficient. That's the title, Identifying Yourself as Insufficient. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this privilege to preach your word. Thank you for your word. We would be absolutely nowhere tonight if we didn't have it. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you for my church family. I pray you'll use this message. Help me not to say anything I shouldn't, but to say everything I should. And I pray that through the response, God, that every heart would be tuned to you, or that our, we, would, we wouldn't identify ourselves tonight, God, as inadequate. Lord, help us to see that we are truly in the one who is enough. Thank you for all your love and your compassion. It's through Christ I pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
You may be seated. You see, here in chapter number 3, we read about this fact that God called Moses to lead his children, the children of Israel, out of captivity. And we get there to verse number 4. And Moses responds to God after God calls to him out of a burning bush. Moses was at that burning bush moment. And God calls out to him and says, Moses, Moses. And Moses responds and he says, God, here am I. He says, if he looks at God and he says, God, it's whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll be whoever you want me to be. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I think all of us can relate. We've been to those places in our lives. I mean, what? We've been to youth conferences. We've been to youth camps. We've been to different meetings. I mean, even revival meetings. And God starts calling our name. And he's like, Skylar. He's like, Brant. Philip, listen. And we're like, God, here am I. Whatever you want me to do. Whoever you want me to be. Wherever you want me to go. Whoever you want me to do it with. I mean, God, whatever you want. Here am I. Moses responds to God with surrender. He says, whatever you want for me, Lord. But then God, this is the amazing thing about God. God starts getting specific with Moses. God says, Moses, this is exactly what I want you to do. He says, I want you to go to Egypt. I want you to go to Egypt and stand before Pharaoh and proclaim, let my people go. Because, of course, the Israelites were in captivity and in bondage to Egypt at this time. And so Moses, after getting the specifics and knowing exactly what God wanted him to do, then responds with this question. But who am I? He no longer says, God, here am I. He says, God, who am I? It's no longer surrender. He now responds with insecurity. And we've been to those messages where God's like, I want you to do this. And we're like, oh, yes, God, here am I. Whatever you want, I'll go wherever you want me to go. And we'll say all these things. But then God starts getting specific with us. And we're like, whoa, <laughs> hold up. Who am I? Lord, I, I can't actually do that. Lord, you don't understand. I mean, I mean. I, I can't, I can't, I'm not good enough. And we make excuses. But I want to relate to Moses tonight. I want you to be able to relate to Moses tonight. I believe there's a few things in Moses' life that kind of limited him. A few things that Moses identified himself by. And I think we can truly relate to it. If we look back in chapter number 2 of Exodus there, we're going to find out what Moses' first insecurity was. Chapter number 2, going to give us a little bit of context so that we know where we're going with this. Verse 11, chapter number 2 of Exodus The Bible says, And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. Pause, we need to understand that Moses is actually a Hebrew. We know the story of Moses. Moses was, uh, of course, born into a a slavery, but his mother floated him down the basket, and he was found by Pharaoh's daughter, and then he was raised in an Egyptian home. Moses here, being a Hebrew, raised as an Egyptian. In verse number 12, the Bible says, And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, which we read about in chapter 3, and he sat down by a well. I think the first limitation Moses put upon himself and the first thing that Moses identified himself by was possibly his mistake. We read that Moses was actually a murderer. He killed somebody and then on top of that tried to hide it. Moses was a murderer and he made a mistake. And so when God called his name and gave him the specifics of what he wanted him to do, Moses responds with God, who am I, based upon possibly 
his mistake, but not only his mistake, not only the things he's done, not only the mistakes of his past, but let's look at Exodus 3, verse 1 there. Back to our passage. The Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Pause. Here we are. Moses kept the flock. You know what that means? My man was a shepherd. Yeah. In the Bible times, guess what? Shepherds didn't matter. Shepherds were outcasts. Shepherds were people that actually had no significance. They had no title, no glory, no honor. Nobody respected a shepherd. Nobody wanted to grow up. No little boy wanted to grow up. Like, when I get older... I want to be a shepherd. Nobody was proud of shepherds. Nobody liked shepherds. And I think possibly the second limitation Moses put upon himself was not only the mistakes of his past, but maybe even just the reality of his present. The fact that he had no position. The fact that he had no title, no respect. Not only was he a murderer, but he didn't really matter either. He didn't really matter. But I don't think that's the only thing that Moses identified himself by I think he also identified himself by what he couldn't do. Let's go to Exodus 4 together, chapter 10. Exodus 4, chapter 10. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken to thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. You see, Moses not only identified himself by the mistakes of his past or by the reality of his present, but I think he disqualified or he identified himself rather by the disqualification of his future. He said, I can't speak very well. I'm not elegant. I'm not a great orator. I can't stand before a crowd. I can't really talk that great. I kind of relate to you, Moses. He says, I can't really do that. He said, God, why would you call me? Who am I? And I think we can all relate to maybe you're in one of those three areas tonight. Maybe you're identifying yourself by the mistakes of your past. God wants you. God wants you to do something so much greater than yourself, but you're limiting yourself based upon the fact that you've made a mistake, based upon the fact that you have messed up and you have slipped up and you have fallen short. Maybe you're limiting yourself tonight based upon your mistakes. You're like, well, you don't understand. You don't know the things I've done or the people I've hurt or the things I've drunk or the things I've looked at. You don't understand. the. Oh, my goodness. You don't understand the lives I could have potentially ruined. You don't know my mistakes. There's no way God could use me. There's no way God could use me. Or maybe you're like Moses, too, and you're not only limiting yourself by the mistakes of your past, but by the reality of your present. The reality that maybe today... You're really not that significant of a person, or I'm not that significant of a person. You're saying, I don't have a title. I don't have honor. All I am is a plumber or an electrician or a factory worker. I mean, all I am, I really don't matter that much. I can't do great things for God because, let's just be real, I'm not anybody. I'm a nobody. We limit ourselves based upon our position. We think if, we're, if, we, if we attain somewhere someday that we'll finally be good enough and God can actually finally accept us, that's not how God works, and we'll get to that in just a second. But we try to reach for a position. I remember my first day, my first day as an intern. Yeah, interns are cool, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember first day as an intern, I'm walking up, and Brother Andrew's in the bus barn, and of course I, I needed to go help him with something. I don't remember what we were doing. But I walk into the bus barn. I said, Brother, can I, can I ask you a question? He says, shoot, go for it, you know? And so uh, I said, you know, I, you remember this. I said, I said, brother, you know, I thought if I was going to be a part of a church ministry, like a, a church staff, I mean, a, you know, intern, if I was ever going to be a part of this church, I thought I, I, thought I kind of had to reach to a certain level of spirituality. You're like, that's crazy. I did. I said that. I said, I thought I kind of had to be something or be somebody. I thought I kind of had to reach 
for something so much greater than myself and be somebody so much greater than I was. And I said, and to be quite honest with you, I don't really feel like I am that great of a person. I don't really feel like I should even really be here, and I don't actually deserve it. And it's amazing, and we'll get to it later, his response and the fact that he's saying it's not really about you at all. And that's amazing, but I mean, I think all of us actually somehow, someway, just kind of want to be something, and we think that God can finally use us if we're good enough. Anyway, I think many times we identify ourselves based upon the reality of our present. Not only that, though, maybe we identify ourselves by our disqualifications. Well, I can't preach. I can't sing. I can't do a Sunday school class. I can't be a bus worker. I, dude, I can't, I can't go knock doors. I can't do all of these things for God. Why? Because maybe I'm not that friendly. You know what I'm saying? I'm not that outgoing. I'm not that talkative. You know, I'm not that good looking. I'm just not good enough. We disqualify ourselves based upon us. But this is what's awesome. Let's look at God's response. This is, this is what actually matters. Chapter 3 there, verse 11, the Bible says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go into Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, oh, this is great. God said, Certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, Oh, this is great. Look, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. This is the exciting part. Moses is making excuses to God of why Moses can't be used by God. God's calling Moses, and God's like, God, you can't use me, right? But God responds to Moses by saying, oh, this is great. God responds to Moses by saying, I am. Like, that's huge. I am. You see, Moses, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are or what you can't do. The only thing that actually matters is who I am. And that's the same for you and for I, for limiting ourselves based upon our mistakes tonight and based upon our present reality and based upon the disqualifications of our future. In all reality, it doesn't matter who you are or where you've been. The only thing that actually matters is who I am. That's huge. It's who I am. It's not about what you can or what you can't do. It's not about what you have done or what you haven't done. The only thing that actually matters is who I am. I am. And God wants you to understand that. You're like, well, well, God, I'm just not good enough. God says, no, I am. I'm not outgoing enough. I am. I'm not friendly enough. I am. I'm not big enough. I am. I'm not smart enough. God says, no, no, church, I am. It's not about you or what you've done. You may not be good enough, and that's just fine, because it's not about you. In your best days and in your worst days, in your good points and in your bad points, it's not actually about you. It's not actually about me. This message is so great because it's the fact that this has preached to me so much. It's not about me. Regardless of what I can or can't do, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. You're like, well, you just don't know. You just don't know. You don't know. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I can't do. You don't know what I'm doing. Well, okay, then let's ask a few people in the Bible. Let's ask Abraham. Abraham, get this, this is crazy. Abraham slept with Hagar, get this, his wife's handmaid. Right, did I say that right? 
I think I said it right. His wife's handmaid. Was I correct? Yes. His wife's handmaid. Hagar's wife's handmaid. Yet, yet, listen. God identified Abraham as his friend. Oh, it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. Ask Rahab, who was a harlot. Who was a harlot. And God used her to be in the very lineage of Christ. Just ask Ruth, who was a Moabitess widow. A Moabitess widow. Yet God used her to be in the lineage of Christ as well. Ask Elijah. Elijah struggled with depression. Yet God used him to call fire down from heaven. It goes way beyond that. Look, there's somebody else. God, oh, ask Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. Matthew was an outcast. Nobody liked Matthew. And God said, hey, Matthew, guess what? Follow me. Matthew followed him. And guess what? Matthew wrote one of the Gospels, asked Peter. All Peter was was actually a fisherman. He was a nobody. He was a nobody. Yet God used him to preach the day of Pentecost. It's great. Oh, this is even better. Ask David who was a murderer and was an adulterer. He made so many mistakes, yet God referred to David as a man after my own heart. You say, well, God can't use me based upon me. No, 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 it's not about you. It's about who I am. It's all about who I am. And that's the whole message tonight. Yeah, like, that was fast. Yeah, it is fast. It's not about, but can God use your life? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. And here's the amazing part. And the choir was even singing about it. You're saying, but I'm not enough. I'm not sufficient. I'm not adequate. I want to think about this for just a moment. We, 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 know, the, we know the story of Jesus in the Gospels when Jesus was hanging on the cross for my sin and for your sin. And we understand the fact that Jesus cried out on the cross the, those words. He said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Why hast thou forsaken me? And I want to answer that question real quick. You know why God forsook Jesus? Why he turned his back on him? Was because when God looked at Jesus, when God looked at Jesus, he saw me. And he saw my mistakes. And he saw my limitations. And he saw my failures. And he saw my shortcomings. And he saw all the things that I couldn't do. And he identified Jesus by that. When he looked at Jesus, he saw me. And he had to turn his back on him. But get this, when Jesus died for my sin and for your sin. Oh, this is so good. When Jesus died for my sin and for your sin, he no longer, oh man. When God looks at me now, do you know who he sees? He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. He sees the one who is sufficient. And he sees the one who is enough. And he sees the one who is blameless and who is spotless. He sees the one who hasn't sinned. He sees the very one who is sufficient. And guess what? Because I'm saved, and if you're saved by God's grace tonight, when God looks at you, He does not identify you by your mistakes. And He doesn't identify you by your wrongdoings. And He doesn't identify you by your present reality. And He doesn't identify you based upon your future. No, He identifies you based upon Jesus Christ. He says, now you are complete. Yeah, you're in the very one who is complete. You're in the one who is adequate. You're in the one who is enough. You're in the one who is good and who is perfect. You're in the one who is sufficient. Yeah, I'm in sufficient. I'm in the one who is sufficient. A little play on words there. I hope you got it. I'm in sufficient. I'm in sufficient. You're in sufficient. Here's the conclusion. Very simple, very simple. There is a world all around us, all around us, and they are in captivity. They are in bondage. They're tied up, you know what, by their sin. And they're in, they're in bondage to hell. And they have no hope. They have no hope. And God is calling you and he's calling me to reach them. 
Yeah, he's calling you and he's calling me to stand up and to say, let my people go and to make a difference and to reach out. He's calling you and he's calling me to stand up and to say, no, 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 no. To stand in that gap and to stand up and say, there is hope and it's in Christ. He wants us to make that difference. He wants us to lead people out of captivity. He wants us to be a part of that. Like he does, you, you and me, he wants us to be a part of that. But you'll never actually be able to help anybody or lead anybody out of captivity, or make a difference, if you don't first let yourself go free by your limitations, and by your disqualifications, and by your mistakes. You've got to let yourself go free first, because then we can step in and actually do something for God. Not because of who we are, but because of who He is. It's not about where you've been. It's not about who you are. It's all about who I am. That's the whole message, preacher.